We'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for December 14th, 2014. And now we're going to play part two of the uh, video by Brian. And um, this we're going to get into another aspect of Pagan Origins of Christmas. What, that, what he's showing here is basically a riot of one of these places that are opening up on probably Black Friday in order to get all of your Xmas presents and how the people are rioting and basically beating on one another and, and acting like savages, all in the old Xmas spirit. This looks like Walmart rioting. Oh, what brotherly love. I mean, it's unbelievable. The Christ-like attitudes I've seen. Cops coming in, having to separate people. Shows the cops having to restrain a lady. church who set the date for the holy day. In 350 AD, Pope Julius I declared December 25th the official date of Christ's Mass. It is a religious meaning, not the secular, that has value in terms of Christmas. The word Christmas is derived from two words, Christ and Mass. Etymology. Christmas is a compound word originating in the term Christ's Mass. Mass, the service of the Romish Church, the office or prayers used at the celebration of the Eucharist, the consecration of the bread and wine. If you do not understand the Catholic Mass or the Eucharist, please watch the videos The Catholic Mass, the Eucharist, and Part 2, The Catholic Mass, The Dogma of Transubstantiation. These are idolatrous and blasphemous rituals in the eyes of the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself a sacrifice once for all, forever. Hebrews 10.10 By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest standeth daily, ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. For this reason alone, a born-again Christian should disregard this Roman Catholic, quote, holy day, or holiday. We have joy in the new birth, forgiven in Christ Jesus every day. Consider this 1687 quote from Increase Mather of Boston. Quote, the early Christians who first observed the Nativity on December 25th did not do so thinking that Christ was born in that month, but because the heathen Saturnalia was at that time kept in Rome, and they, the Catholics, were willing to have those pagan holidays metamorphosed into Christian ones. As discussed in Part 1, 
Christmas was banned by the Puritans, and its observance was illegal in Massachusetts between 1659 and 1681, precisely because of its known pagan origins. Luke 16:15, And he said unto them, Ye are they which justify yourselves before men, but God knoweth your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed among men is abomination in the sight of God. You are free to celebrate Catholic holidays with pagan roots, along with the lost and dying world who love and adore the season. But is it profitable? Does it please God? What agreement are we to have with Rome, with heathens? Does God give a wink and a nod like Santa Claus when we take the ways of the heathen and claim to be using them to worship him? No. Unlike Santa Claus, he is holy. 1 Corinthians 10.21 you cannot and, and while you're watching the video, he's got a lot of like secular images coming up in the background to kind of emphasize what what he's saying. So you really should watch the video itself because you're you're missing a lot just with the uh, listening to the audio. Drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the table of devils. It is a very serious thing to presume that Almighty God is fine with any way in which we choose to worship Him. <laughs> in this case, he has a picture of literally Yoda from the Star Trek series, um, who, um, there's a lot of befalment connotations there, with his lightsaber on top of the Xmas tree. I mean, people are just turning it into any wild, crazy thing that they, and I'm sure Satan has no problem with it, you know, based on our feelings or traditions. His word says he is a jealous God, Exodus 34:14, and that he does not change, Malachi 3:6. He has also commanded us to be separate and set apart from that which has any appearance of evil. 1 Thessalonians 5:22, abstain from all appearance of evil. We do not get to simply choose our own adventure when worshiping the creator of the universe. We are to honor and obey his word, and stay separate from the ways of the heathen, especially when it comes to worshiping and praising God. What did the Lord God think of Aaron's attempt to justify the sin of idolatry and spiritual whoredom by claiming it was, quote, a feast unto the Lord? Exodus 32, 3. And all the people break off the golden earrings which were in their ears, and brought them unto Aaron. And he received them... And you have to understand, too, which is, makes this these verses a little bit, a lot more incredible, if you ask me. God had just parted the Red Sea so that they could walk on, on dry land to come over, to get away from the Egyptians, and then have the sea collapse on the pursuing Egyptian army. He had just done all the miracles in Egypt until finally Pharaoh said, you know, to let his people go. He'd done all these plagues. They had just seen all this stuff that God had done. I mean, talk about, you know, the Jews requiring a sign and the Greeks seeking after knowledge. Okay, they had seen serious, serious supernatural signs. I mean, you would think that after seeing all those unbelievably cataclysmic signs, they would kind of be on the straight and narrow. They'd kind of be like, okay, God, whatever you say. And this is when they made the golden calf which is kind of all the more incredible. ...at their hand, and fashioned it with a graving tool, after he had made it a molten calf. And they said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And when Aaron saw it, 
he built an altar before it, and Aaron made proclamation, and said, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. And they rose up early on the morrow, and offered burnt offerings, and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and to drink, and rose up to play. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go, get thee down, for thy people, which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. In Exodus chapter 32, verse 5, Aaron claims that what they are doing, quote, is a feast to the Lord. Lord, in all capitals, means the one true God. Were they crazy? No, he was justifying their sin, his sin, and saying, in a sense, it's okay, it's really for God. Was he being truthful? No, because Almighty God called it corruption and sin, and they were judged. Exodus 32:35, And the Lord plagued the people, because they made the calf which Aaron made. God has gone to many great lengths to deliver the example in his word that his people are not to use the ways of the heathens, the pagans, in their worship of him. Deuteronomy 20:17, But thou shalt utterly destroy them, namely the Hittites and the Amorites, the Canaanites and the Perizzites, the Hivites and the Jebusites, as the Lord thy God hath commanded thee, that they teach you not to do after all their abominations, which they have done unto their gods. So should ye sin against the Lord your God. Many professing Christians know that December 25th is not Christ's birthday, but that it is instead a feast day throughout history, which is marked to this day by pagan sun god worship and Wiccan winter solstice observance. For most people, it's Christmas season, but we ain't most people. Uh, so for us, it is you. So this is a pagan cam, okay? This is what they, uh, courtesy of YouTube, this is a pagan, this is a witch um, talking about Yule, okay? So these are witches that you're going to be hearing talking about this time of year. Um, and so I would like to read from the Book of Shadows. About Yule. Let's see if I can find this page in a somewhat timely fashion. I bet you want anything I can't. Uh, yeah, this is the Book of Shadows. Um, yeah. Now, Yule, it lands, oh, right, right by Christmas. Now, I wonder, I really wonder, how come pagan holidays happen to be right by Christian ones and have the same exact traditions? Mmm, okay, my friends. I'm here to spin a little tale for you. Um, when the Christians came to Europe and started to spread their religion, no one really wanted to convert over to it completely, because they had been pagans for so long, it was all they ever knew, and they liked being pagans, pagans not penguins. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, it made sense to them. So they had to find out a way to make the pag- pagans... This is awful. Slowly transition over into Christianity. And the way that they did this, they had a few ways, but one of them was to take the pagan holidays and make them into Christian ones. So, winter solstice was on the 21st or 22nd, and they decided to say that the birth of Jesus Christ was on the 25th. So, in other words, it wasn't the same exact holiday. But then they took all of the traditions from paganism 
like the red and green, you know, the colors, um, the tree, everything, and move it over to Christmas. And that is why Christians have trees at Christmas time. That is, you know, the only reason is because of pagans. So I guess we're trendsetters. I don't know. Um, they know that the lost souls of the world, even practicing witches, love to celebrate these holy days. Okay, now we're actually seeing another pagan cam, and it's got two witches in druidic black robe-like outfits with Egyptian uh, pictures in the background and five-pointed stars and all kind of other... And they're doing a witchcraft ritual that we're watching here. Obviously, you can't see it on the... You'll be able to see it if you watch the video. And look at what they're playing. They're playing O Christmas Tree in the background. <laughs> and they're doing a pagan ritual, and they've got, like, their ritual knives of Thami, and they're going around. It looks like they might have their unholy water that they're spreading and... I mean, they're doing all this big ritual, and they're blessing one another and cursing, really. And this is this is the real. They're doing it the right way. If you're going to celebrate Xmas, and I'm not telling anybody to do this, I'm saying they're doing it, though. Honestly, what they're doing is a lot more honest than what the um, Christians that celebrate this, this uh, unholy day are doing. in the names of the god and the goddess, bidding you welcome to this fair temple. I consecrate thee in the names of the god and the goddess. <laughs> so that was two witches doing their thing during Christmas, playing a Christmas tree in the background. So they don't have a problem. Again, you're not gonna you're not gonna win an argument trying to convince a pagan that this has nothing to do with paganism. They know better. Okay, here's another pagan cam. Two ladies sitting in front of a fire, and they've got their little, I don't know, it looks like an eight-pointed star in the background, and then they've got the fertility wheel of life. Looks like inside kind of a reef here um, that, that like literally is between them. That's kind of like the backdrop. They've got the evergreen things, and we're going to talk a little bit more about the Christmas tree in a second. And they're having a little chat here, so we're just going to listen in. Going for winter solstice, Yule, um, we want to share with you guys the origins and the similarities between the Christian Christmas. That was a lady drinking rather <laughs> rudely in the background. And Yule, because a lot of times there are people who come into the craft not thinking, is it okay to celebrate Christmas? It's like, can I celebrate Christmas? Yeah. Coming into the craft, witchcraft asking themselves, oh, assuming automatically, oh, this is a Christian holiday. Oh, I won't be able to celebrate it. Oh, contraire. No. You, you better believe you'll be able to celebrate Christmas as a witch. It's such an ingrained part of our culture, especially if you grew Christian or just secular, really. Right. It's so, such, so ingrained in our lives, really. And you do not need to give up your holidays. No. Not at all. Because you have to remember, keep in mind, they got them from us. Yeah. So, um, like I told you earlier, um, my favorite quote I saw was, the only thing Christian about Christmas is the name. Right. Because, like with many other of our Sabbaths, um, they use symbolism 
that was already being used by the pagan cultures. Right. That's how you get people to come to you right. by usurping. That was a great symbols. technique. You don't have to yeah. give up all your customs. You can still celebrate. Yeah. And for us, see, they use it as a recruiting tool because it's their holiday to begin with. All they're doing is literally giving a witch recruit. Let's let's say somebody's kicking around the craft. They can say, "Hey, listen, looking, look here. This this is how." influential paganism is on society. This is our holiday. This is our deal. This whole Christmas thing, this whole thing associated with Yule, we own that. This is ours. What they're doing, they're copying us. This is What they're doing is a knockoff of what we're really doing in a pure form through witchcraft, which would cause someone getting into witchcraft all the more to doubt any kind of real validity of, like, the Christian church. Because it's like, well, hold on. They're, they're like, the ones stealing from witchcraft. How does that work? So, I mean, it's it's a good it's a good recruiting tool for them. We really benefit the most because we get to celebrate twice. To be able to celebrate Yule and Christmas at the same time. Yeah. I celebrate both of them. We, I do, too. Hey, double right. the presents. Yep. Double the presents. So they celebrate both Yule and Christmas. And the thing is, is it's all part of Saturnalia. Like they said, the, when when we when they started the Saturnalia event was a week long process that you know started around the seventeenth eighteenth and ended on December twenty fifth. So see Yule and December twenty fifth, that's all the same part of Saturnalia um, in you know paganism and in witchcraft, and and, and now it's just been amalgamated through uh, into what we have it as today. Okay, so. That's your, your pagan cam, and that's that's all I'm going to play there. Let's go, and I'm just going to cover one other topic, and I wasn't even planning on doing this, but the origin of the Christmas tree. Just look at that, because that's the biggest... I mean, if you think of Christmas, if you could think of one symbol that... Um, if you were to associate one symbol with Xmas, a lot of people would say, well, it's the tree, obviously. I mean, it's the biggest part. I mean, this time of year... I'm sure you've seen it. You're driving down the road and you have all of these cars with these these uh, Xmas trees strapped to the top and they're you know waiting to get home and decorate them with care. Well, what is the origin? The sacred tree of the winter god, evergreen trees, because of their availability to remain green throughout winter season when most other forms of vegetation are dormant, have long symbolized immortality, fertility. Remember, this is all this is a fertility ritual. Okay, sexual potency and reproduction. Think about it. They are. They they maintain green vegetation all throughout winter. Okay, so this is what they represent to the pagans. And they were often brought into the homes and set up as idols. For ages, evergreen trees would have been brought into the house during the winter as a magic symbols of luck, which is where which is derived from the word Lucifer, and uh, and hope for the fruit fruitful year to come. The five-pointed star is a sacred symbol of Nimrod and is also a representation of the stars to which the ancient Chaldean astrologers look for guidance. In other words, adorning the top of the tree with a star, a five-pointed star, or a pentacle. Okay, which is a big-time symbolism used in witchcraft. The, The first decorating of an evergreen was done by pagans in honor of their god Adonis, who after being slain was brought to life by the serpent Asclepius. The representation of the slain Adonis was a dead stump of a tree. Around the stump coiled the snake, 
Asclepius, the symbol of life restoring, which is where we get the, I believe, the caduceus symbol of the medical profession, the, the coiled serpent around, and I've done many symbols on the caduceus, done many teachings on the caduceus symbol, um, just key in caduceus in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com and how that relates to the pharmacia, pharmaceutical industry, pharmacia, which is where we get the root word for sorcery, and also the root word for pharmaceuticals and pharmacy and these types of things, so... Anyway, I, th- I believe this is the same snake we're in reference to here. So, um, so from the roots of the dead tree then comes forth another and a different tree, an evergreen tree, symbolic to the pagans, symbolic to pagans of a god who cannot die. In Babylon, the new evergreen tree came to represent the rebirth or reincarnation of Nimrod as the new son Tammuz. Okay, so Nimrod was literally the uh, Tammuz was literally the reincarnation of Nimrod. Okay, so in, in other words, you know, it's it's really perverse, but anyway, in Egypt this god was worshiped as a palm tree known as Baal Tamar. Heathen people in the land of Canaan also adopted tree worship, calling it Asheroth. A tree with its branches cut off was carved into a phallic symbol. Oh, that's that's nice. The fir tree was worshipped in Rome as the same newborn god called Baal Bereth, who was restored to life by the same serpent. So we have a absolute total going all the way back to Nimrod and Semiramis, which is where you could literally say, I mean, that is where you, 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 you go back to the absolute modern-day origins of the Babylonian mystery religions, okay? Um, obviously, you had, you know, Ham, Shem, and Japheth, and Noah, and their wives getting off the ark, okay? Things were, but, things had to basically restart over, okay, um, after the flood, okay? And it was carried on, it seems to be through Ham's line, and into Nimrod, and this is where we, then we get the um, Tower of Babel and Semiramis Tammuz and Nimrod and the Babylonian mystery religions starting. Okay, but we can go all the way back there, uh, all the way to Babylon. The evergreen tree came to represent the rebirth and reincarnation of Nimrod. So trees, particularly evergreen, have been worshipped for eons. Okay. So, in Egypt, the god was worshipped as the palm tree Baal Tamar. Heathen people in the land of Canaan adopted the tree worship as Azeroth. Um, the fir tree was worshipped in Rome as the same newborn god, Baal Bereth, who was restored to life by the same serpent. Isn't that nice? A serpent that restores life. A feast was held in honor of him on December 25th, observed as the day on which the god reappeared on earth. He had been killed and was reborn on that same day. Remember, it's the rebirth of the sun god, Tammuz. Okay, that's what December 25th is all about. I mean, if you really want to go back to the... Who was the first one that was actually reborn, that they celebrated? Tammuz was the first one. You might call him Horus later, or Sol Invictus later, or whatever you're going to call him later. But the first one was Tammuz. That's why I use that, the rebirth of the sun god, Tammuz when I talk about December 25th. So, um, it was actually called the birthday of the unconquered sun, S-U-N, not S-O-N, S-U-N. Thus, the annual custom of erecting and decorating evergreen trees was brought to us through the centuries by the pagan Roman Catholic Church, 
that paganism of Tammuz and Baal that started in Babylon, or the worship of the sun mingled with the worship of Asclepius and the serpent. Whether erected in private homes or in churches, decorated or not, the evergreen tree is a glaring symbol of the false god. And what does the Bible say? Jeremiah 10.1.5 says, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Hear the word which the Lord speaketh unto you, O house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, Learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the heathen are dismayed at them. Again, that's what astrology is all about. Oh, I'm dismayed at the signs of the heaven. Oh, no, this is happening, and this is... Okay, we're not supposed to learn the way of the heathen. That's heathenistic. That is all under the guise of witchcraft and divination. Okay? Don't read horoscopes and stuff like that. It's it's not good. It's divination. So, it goes on to say, For the customs of the people are vain, for one cutteth a tree out of the forest, and the work of the hands of the workmen with the axe. So they cut a tree out of the forest with the axe. They deck it with silver and gold. They fasten it with nails and hammers, that it move not. Doesn't that sound like a Christmas tree? Uh, then what is it? They are, they are as upright as a palm tree, but they speak not. They must needs be born, but they cannot go. Be not afraid of them, for they cannot do evil, neither is there any good in them to do. They can't physically get up and do evil, but I believe if you bring one of these things into your house, you're literally bringing a curse into your own house. You're bringing a cursed object. You're willingly participating in paganism. Okay? So, you could go through every one of the Christmas traditions and, and the, the, um, the, uh, the document that, when I give you my teachings above, where you can click on them, there's a document in there on the, the Christmas traditions, and you can go in there and look at every single one of them. It's got one for everything. The wreaths, the the um, the Christmas tree, we just went over that one, and, and just, you know, all of it. Okay, so let's continue on. This is, now we're getting into some more current events. Um, this is entitled, The New No Gender Movement. Once little boys and girls confused this Xmas, giving dollies to boys and masculine things to girls, they say. Don't use phrases such as boys and girls, you guys, ladies and gentlemen, and similarly gendered expressions to get kids' attention. Instructs a training document giving to middle school teachers at the Lincoln Public Schools. Create classroom names and then ask all of the purple penguins to meet on the rug it advises, Dr. Rebecca Haynes said on Fox and Friends Weekend this morning that it's uh, this morning that it's really not about making things truly gender neutral, but more about marketing. She explained at the point of the no gender December. Did you know that December was the no gender December? Because we're all like these, you know, kind of these, um, I don't know, asexual beings walking around. That um, we really can't. I mean, it would be it would be racist to to actually call somebody uh, uh, a man or a woman or uh, a girl or a boy. That's racist. Now it's the no gender December is to encourage children to shop for whatever toys interest them without defining them as boys or girls toys. So they had a whole little interview and it shows this picture of a girl with a, a gun, a, a Nerf gun, and then a boy. Um, uh, with a little girl baby doll, I don't know if he's acting like he's feeding her, and and then a boy playing with a 
uh, Barbie dollhouse. And so this is this is the bold, brave new world that, that Satan is trying to bring us into, where evil is called good and good is called evil, just to reverse everything. If there's anything out there with any kind of, of, of definition of right or wrong, Satan wants to corrupt that. Then we have, better yet, what a better way to kickstart the, their uh, possession, their demon possession, than by giving kitties a Ouija board as the must-have gift for Christmas. Ouija boards are flying off the shelves and under the trees this Christmas, according to Trends data released by Google. The company has recorded a 300% increase in searches for spirit-bothering devices fueled by that terrible movie Ouija, or Ouija, that was effectively a feature full-length ad for the board game. I didn't even know about this. And also an appearance on The Archers, which the Ouija board also made an appearance on, I think, that cartoon or whatever. The movie Ouija, or Ouija, was released in October, just in time for Halloween, and was, by all accounts, a cliche-ridden disaster about a group of teenage girls who experiment with a board, with a, a Ouija board, and get scared. It is a disaster 7% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, the review aggregating site, but became an occult hit to the delight of its backers. Hasbro, the toy company behind Monopoly, pushed for the revival of the film, which has stalled in development and has partnered with Universal to make this happen. Now, this this may seem like some little, oh, give me a break, it's just whatever. Hasbro is a huge toy company. They're behind the, the board game Monopoly. They pushed for the revival of this film. On Halloween, knowing that the sales of Ouija boards, who they make, they're the, they're the main producers of Ouija boards, Hasbro, that's why they push for the revival of this film. Because they are Satanists, they are pure evil, and they want to get as many kids demon-possessed as humanly possible this Xmas season. That's why they did it. It's Ouija game, or Ouija game, Hasbro's, includes a glow-in-the-dark version, which is the biggest seller online. But those falling for the marketing this Christmas should be aware of the risks of messing with evil spirits. Now, a Christian did not write this this report, but even they're saying this. Two years ago, a 15-year-old boy from Texas told police he had stabbed his friend in the neck because the Ouija board had told him to. Reports abound online of players freaking out or even committing suicide after sessions. Remember, these Ouija boards are flying off the shelves and under Christmas trees. This, uh, they're under a they're cursed Christmas tree, a cursed Ouija board. According to Trends data released by Google, computers recorded a 300% increase in searches of the spirit-bothering devices fueled by the terrible movie Ouija. Okay. That is really, really bad. Really, really bad. Because there is no worse thing that you could bring into your house, essentially, than a Ouija board. There, I don't know of anything worse. Even if you've ever watched any of those shows about, like, ghosts and spirits and stuff like this, whenever somebody brings one of those things into their house and they start messing with it, what you, what you are doing is you are literally opening a door. A spiritual door to let these devils come into your house. I have seen more than one interview by experienced high-level witches that say, or read, that say that they will not mess with those things, ever. Any 
which knows better than to mess with those things because of the propensity for malevolent spirits to come through. You're giving them permission. You're the one initiating the contact. You're the one initiating that witchcraft, which you know nothing about. And you're the one inviting these things into your house. And unless, supposedly, according to witchcraft, unless you do it exactly right, and unless you basically end the game in the right way, they're going to stay there. And and who knows? I mean, if, if, you don't, if you're not versed in that garbage, and I'm not telling you to get versed in witchcraft, I'm just saying even the experienced witches know better. They don't even mess with them. It is the height of insanity that a stinking devil toy maker can sell these things. I view this as really bad because this is there is going to be mass demon possession after Christmas. If these things are to the tune of I don't know how many hundreds of thousands or maybe millions of these board games under Christmas trees unwrapping their pagan presents under their pagan Christmas tree and then going that night or whenever with their friends and opening these doors in these houses. Do you know how many more haunted houses there are going to be now with these spirits? And they're not going to want to leave. And they're letting them in. It's kind of like the Bible talks about in, in Revelation where it says that the abyss is open up. Well, this is something where you're literally creating your own abyss in your own house. And these people all invariably, the, the ones that do this and release these things, invariably, they usually end up going crazy. They usually end up becoming totally demon-possessed to the toenails. Anybody that messes with these things. And you're going to be letting your children do this? Now, I'm not talking about listeners, but people that are buying these things? This is absolutely the height of insanity, what I'm talking about here. Anyway, I wanted to throw that out there to pray against all this. Uh, let's go further. Blasphemy. U.S. City Council meeting praising Satan and Allah. More and more we are seeing an opening in America to paganism, false religions, and open Satanism. The strange invocation that came from a Lake Worth, Florida City Commission meeting on December 2nd of this year exemplifies this. Only it was apparently an anti-theist that gave the invocation. Not an atheist, but an anti-theist. Antitheism typically refers to direct opposition to organized religion. Miami antitheist Preston Smith uh, stood and gave an utterly moronic, satanic invocation, if you can even call it that, as several of the commissioners and the mayor got up and walked out before he gave the invocation. Lake Worth Mayor Pam Trulio and three other commissioners exited the area but later returned for the Pledge of Allegiance. While I don't know Mr. Smith, his first words, he sounded incredibly effeminate. Yeah, of course, he's a, he's a queer, and that's not a, I mean, they call themselves queer. Okay, he's a sodomite. Very effeminate. And obviously, effeminate sodomite people are going to be attracted to Luciferianism, to Satanism, to, I mean, they're already full of devils. And they're already wanting to have their own religion their way. They're wanting their Burger King religion their way. And so, obviously, they would, they would be attracted to witchcraft. He believes that we can create a better, more equal community without religious divisions. No, without Christianity is what he's saying. Of course, we all know, what he, we, we all know this is not what he really wants. He simply wants people to stop speaking about God and morality. 
and judgment. That's what he wants. He wants to be able to do whatever he wants to do, it, it being, being an open homosexual, and have nobody come out and ever condemn him. And if, and if they do, they need to go straight to jail and be killed. That's ultimately what the Sodomites would want. Look at Sodom and Gomorrah. Look at how bad it had degenerated there. I mean, Job barely got out of there with his life. If it wasn't for the angels there, he wouldn't have. That's where it always ends up with Sodomites. They get, they're so demon-possessed to the toenails, in the end, God had to literally rain down fire and brimstone, not only on Sodom and Gomorrah, but the cities roundabout in like manner, to literally cleanse the land. Because they had defiled the land doing what they're doing. That's how bad it got in Sodom and Gomorrah. So, he, although he mentions Satan, Allah, Buddha, Zeus, and even Jesus, it all comes down to the fact that he openly states that he wants people to do good for goodness sake. Oh, isn't that convenient? And he doesn't want to hear about damnation or judgment. The problem for Mr. Smith is that he has no authority outside himself to determine what is good. Remember, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Okay? And the Bible says, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. He doesn't believe in the God of the Bible. He believes in Zeus and and in Satan and Allah and Buddha and all of these other gods, small g. But he does not recognize the God of the Bible. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. So that's that's basically the boat that, that he is in. Um Second, by his own logic, he has no means to impose his view of goodness upon anyone else. Everybody has an opinion, you know. All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the Spirit. See, he's clean in his own eyes. He's, in his own demonically, he's got demonic uh, colored glasses, you know, like rose colored. He's got demonic colored. He looks at his own self and he says, you know, I'm, I'm good. I, I am doing the work of the gods. I, I'm doing this wonderful work for, for humanity. He's just working as a tool of Satan. And, and again, what does it always come back to? Trusting in your own heart. Okay, Proverbs twenty eight twenty six. He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. But whoso walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. This, this, this pagan Satanist is trusting in his own heart. But what's the problem there? Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. And the Bible says in Proverbs 18, 2, that a fool hath no delight in understanding. He's not going to want to understand nothing, this guy. He's got his own morality made. He's got his, his own religion. Which is what a lot of people create. They have their own little religions. My parents did up until the time when they got saved. They had their own religion. Well, I'm basically a good person, and I don't think a loving God would do that. I don't really believe in hell. Oh, really? Well, I'm glad you have established the parameters for the universe, and for heaven and hell, and for the ultimate truth of religion of religion on the planet. You. You've just created your own religion. I mean... It's just unbelievable what people delude themselves into believing. And it's devils that are literally darkening their mind. And this guy is full 
of devils. He mocked true prayer by calling on the remaining members and others in attendance to, quote, pray. In a similar manner to the rhinos in the house, um, who stood by reverently as an, Islam, as an Islamic imam offered a prayer to Allah. Remember that happened in, in the, uh, uh, I don't know if it was the Senate or the Congress, but um, that just happened. Where they were, they were, um, an Islamic imam opened up the prayer for the government. These people stood by silently at, at this at this council meeting with heads bowed reverently as this devil smith guy demonstrated his demon possessed foolishness. I mean, I, I can't even comprehend having your head bowed to what you're about to hear. Okay, just try to comprehend that. There's in the video is, is right. It, it, you can watch the videos as well. Commissioner Christopher McVoy, who stayed for Smith's speech, called the move by the other commissioners and the and the mayor un-American. So he actually chastised them. He actually rebuked these people that at least had at least had the backbone to get up and walk out before this guy started. Okay. And you'll hear some stuff at the beginning, and, and then before he starts his prayer, say, "Oh, duly noted," something of that long. In other words, he's duly noted that these these people left. Okay, this devil, this other commissioner, Christopher McVoy, bound for hellfire, who stayed for the speech, called the called the move by the other commissioners when they walked out as un-American. Then he says, "Walking out was very un-American." And a slap in the face to the principals fought very hard to make sure we have those rights. I wonder if he's a fellow sodomite. Or, or a, I mean, or a fellow Satanist. Because think about it. Why would you say that? Why would you... I, I can understand keeping your mouth shut. But how did this guy get his foot in the door? He had to have some kind of connection. I got a feeling that was his connection. His closet Luciferian satanic brother. Perhaps McVoy should also read his history, okay? Each of the commissioners and the mayor was contacted by this writer and asked for comment, but as of the writing of this article, none have responded. So everybody's just silent about it. When a nation forgets God, God brings judgment upon that nation, and we are seeing it before our eyes. Blasphemers, idolaters, sodomites, and other sins and crimes abound in the nation, and why? The church has not been salt and light, but rather has pampered herself and hoard herself out, despising the cross of Christ for the accolades of man. Remember, they that are highly esteemed among men are an abomination in the sight of God. It's time the church repented and stood against the gates of hell and prevailed over them once again. Without such repentance, there is simply more judgment to look forward to. So let's go ahead and play this little uh, video clip here. Are you all here? Vice Mayor Scott they're doing a roll call right now. It hasn't started yet, but they're, they're, I want to play the whole thing. If everyone would please rise for the invocation followed by the Pledge of Allegiance led by Vice Mayor Scott Maxwell. Okay, so, I don't know, three or four people got up and walked out before this this pagan devil comes to the podium to give the invocation prayer before the before the county commission meeting.
duly noted. That's the the um, gay pagan guy saying he's duly noting that these other people basically rudely got up and walked out on on his uh, on his satanic invocation that he's getting ready to give. Our collective atheism, which is to say loving empathy, scientific evidence, and critical thinking, leads us to believe that we can create a better, more equal community without religious divisions. May we pray together. And these people basically all have their head bowed. The ones that remain, the county commissioners. Now you can't see the people in the background. I can't believe nobody didn't. Nobody spoke up against this during the meeting. I mean, it's it's kind of incomprehensible. Mother Earth, we gather today in your redeeming and glorious presence to invoke your eternal guidance in the universe, the original creator of all things. So the Mother Earth created all of us. Now, hold on. Who created Mother Earth? Who created that? I wonder. Oh, that was the Big Bang. Oh, the Big Bang. Yeah. That explosion that happened billions and gazillions of years ago by chance and created our solar systems and planet and sun and we're just in the perfect orbit to have a life-supporting planet and then again, then where did the life come from? Oh, well, it evolved after the lightning hit the primordial sludge millions of years ago and from the two-celled amoeba eventually, you know, formed the the uh, salmon and that salmon eventually grew legs and got on land and became a lizard. And, and the lizard formed into a squirrel. And then the squirrel formed into, um, I don't know, like a dung beetle. And then it evolved and it kept evolving. But you know what's funny about all that too? Think about this. And again, you have to have a lot more faith to believe in that than the uh, whole thing about creation. But I just thought about this on the way home last night. What about genders? Do you realize that when the two-celled amoeba or whatever, the lightning hit it, and then all of that started happening? Well, hold on. How did it procreate? How did it bring forth life? Well, everything's uh, gender-dependent, pretty much. I understand, yes, there's some asexual things. But at some point, there had to be a splitting, or whatever. There had to be... See, one gender is totally dependent on the other for survival. Okay? The man impregnates the women, that's how children are formed. Think about that. I... You can't even, I mean, the, the whole thing about one thing coming forth, but what about the propagation of that? Oh, just so happened at the same exact time, the genders happened where one was totally dependent on the other for procreation? I mean, you could go on and on and on about the absurdity of Darwinism and all of this garbage of panspermia and all of these things, how aliens seeded the planet and brought forth our races and all of this other stupid garbage. It is the absolute height of insanity, but man will do anything in order to get God out of the picture. That is what the whole goal is here. People that are laden in sin don't want to have to answer to holy God. So they will rob Peter to pay Paul to get God out of the picture and bring up any crazy asinine theory like Darwinism in order to justify themselves. So let's, let's proceed forward here. May the efforts of this council blend the righteousness of Allah with the all-knowing wisdom of Satan. May Zeus, the great God of justice, grant us strength tonight. Jesus might forgive our, our shortcomings, while Buddha... So Jesus might forgive our shortcomings. We don't have any real assurance of that, though. I mean, I mean in his world. Enlightens us through his divine affection. Ah, Buddha. We praise you, Krishna... 
for the sanguine sacrifice that freed us all. After all, if Almighty Thor is with us, who can ever be against us? Thor! And finally, for the bounty of logic, reason, and science, we simply thank the atheists, agnostics, humanists, who now account for one in five Americans, and growing rapidly. According to him. In closing, let us, above all, love one another, not to obtain mythical rewards for ourselves now. See, we don't love one another to, to I mean, in other words, granted, we don't go around loving each other, so we t- we're, we're trying to attain some reward in heaven, but he would say, that's what Christianity teaches, that even the love we would show toward one another is because we got the goodies waiting for us. So, whatever thing good, this is what he's implying, not so subtly, whatever thing would anything that would ever happen good in Christianity, he's got he's to strike at the heart of that as well. He's got to make sure that, that that is all motivated by my reward in heaven. It's not really motivated by that I actually love them or that I love my neighbors myself. No, 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 no. no none of that's true. It's just because of what you're going to get and you know it. Hereafter, or based on superstitious threats of eternal damnation, but rather, oh, I guarantee you, the moment after he's dead, he's gonna he's gonna realize they ain't so superstitious. Embrace secular based principles of morality and do good, for goodness' sake. Secular based principles of morality—what an oxymoron that is! There is nothing secular about morality. Anything secular is going to corrupt true morality. That's just a fact of life. And so we pray. So what? What a great way to end the prayer. And so we pray. So what? We well, got Satan in there. He got Allah in there. He got Krishna. He got Buddha. He got Thor. I mean, he even threw Thor in there. I was kind of disappointed in throwing Poseidon. You know, I mean, I, you know, hoping for like, you know, the God of the Sea at least. I mean, come on, he's kind of a big part of the pantheon. I mean, come on, no Odin. We just talked about Odin. I mean, come on. Anyway. So then he effeminately walks back to his seat. Now they're pledge allegiance to the, ma- to the uh, flag. And uh, all the people start coming back in. So that was it. Isn't that wonderful that we have that kind of dynamic going on at city council meetings? Where we have devils like that that can actually take over and, and uh, impose their just absurdly asinine I mean people with their heads bowed to this well we must be politically correct all religions are the same right well sure they're all the same there's no difference I mean that's exactly the world they want us to think that we're in and if you try to say your religion is superior to mine well then you need to die because you're a bigot and you're a racist and you're not giving that other you know I, I just you know I care about you enough to tell you the truth you know, as a Christian. But no, 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 it's because we're being terrible and we're being mean that, that we're, we're doing such things. Uh, I am going to go ahead and uh, end part two here because I'm about out of time on this one. And we'll go to part the, the last and final part, part three. So God bless you and we'll see you in part three.